Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I'm Desi Serna, author of Fretboard Theory, Guitar Picking Mechanics, Guitar Theory for Dummies, and more. This podcast features free guitar lessons that focus on music theory for guitar, including guitar scales, chords, progressions, modes, composition techniques, improvisation, and more. The lessons are geared toward intermediate level players on up. You can follow along on either an acoustic or electric guitar. Bass players can take away a lot from the lessons too. Today's podcast episode is a previous recording in which you learn that when it comes to using the pentatonic scale, it is not necessary to utilize every position or every part of every pattern. Most guitar players, including some of the most famous ones, narrow their focus to what are sometimes called lead patterns. This lesson is based on my book, Fretboard Theory, Volume 2, Chapter 6. I'm Desi Serna. In my previous book and DVDs, that would be Fretboard Theory, the first volume, which is the red book, I teach the pentatonic scale as having five separate patterns. These patterns cover every position on the neck, and they connect together to make one giant fretboard pattern. And this method is how many guitar players initially learn the pentatonic scale. But when it comes to actually using the scale to play melodies, riffs, lead guitar solos, and bass lines, it's not necessary to utilize every single position or every part of every pattern. Most guitar players, including the most famous ones, favor a few particular sections that work well together. And when viewed together, these sections are what I like to call lead patterns. Lead patterns make it easy for you to keep track of the root note and a chord, to shift from position to position, to duplicate licks in different registers, and they are usually played with just the first three fingers of your left hand, which most players find to be the strongest and most coordinated. And what you will see is that you will be able to find your way around the guitar neck better and you'll become more proficient at what you play if you narrow your focus a little bit to some essential patterns. So that's what chapter six of Fretboard Theory Volume Two deals with. And I'm just gonna give you a little bit of an overview of it here and allow you to uh, actually hear with your ear a little bit of what it sounds like. But of course, you're gonna need to work with the book this particular podcast, probably more than any other, you're really going to need the book so you can see these patterns laid out on the fretboard. But anyway, let's begin. So I'm going to begin in the key of A minor, using A minor pentatonic. Now, A minor pentatonic pattern one begins at the fifth fret of the sixth string, and it sounds like this. And of course, there's pattern two and pattern three and pattern four, and you can connect and cover the entire neck. Now, of all the, the different patterns, by far the one that is favored the most is pentatonic pattern one. 
and that's where you get a lot of your blues and rock and classic rock guitar licks from. <laughs> stuff like that. And players will often focus most of their playing in pattern one, and then they'll slide back and play just a little bit of pattern five, and they'll slide up and play a little bit of pattern two, creating a pattern that has a little bit of pattern five, all of pattern one, and a little bit of pattern two. And I call that a lead pattern because it's so common in lead guitar playing. So I already played through pentatonic pattern one. And if I move and back and start pentatonic pattern five at the third fret of the sixth string, and just play a few strings, string six and five, this particular little box shape is often used together with pattern one. And in this box shape, you've got your root A, the fifth fret of the sixth string. Then you've got your minor third C at the third fret of the fifth string. You've got your fourth D at the fifth fret of the fifth string. And then you have a flat seven G at the third fret of the sixth string. And from the uh, fourth degree, D at the fifth fret on the fifth string, you can either slide up to the fifth, the fifth interval, which is E at the seventh fret on the fifth string, or you can bend up to it. And by doing either one of those, you actually have a full A minor pentatonic scale in that position. You've got the root, minor third, fourth, fifth, and flat seventh. Most players would, would bend, uh, bend or slide, either one. And you have a nice little box shape that you can play primarily with your first finger and your third finger. That's part of pentatonic pattern five. Then you can move everything up an octave and play between frets five and seven in pentatonic pattern one, and you get the same sort of box-shaped pattern with the same intervals. Then you can move up in a, another octave and play between frets eight and 10, and you can get the same sort of box shape, the same intervals, and you can play the same type of licks. And when you're between frets eight and 10, you're actually in the position of pentatonic pattern two. And what you will find is that lead guitar players uh, like to use just the very first part of pattern five. They will probably play most of pattern one. And then they'll play just the, the, the um, uh, the, the first and second and maybe a little bit of the third string in pattern two. And this combines to make a lead pattern. And the reason why guitar players favor this so much is because of these three little box shapes that I outlined for you and how uh, no matter which 
position you're in, whether you're in pattern five or pattern one or pattern two, no matter which octave or which register you're in, the shape is the same, the intervals are the same, and you can phrase the same. <laughs> And most lead guitar players are going to play the same basic licks and phrases regardless of which position or which uh, octave they're in. And then guitar players will usually uh, fill in a little bit in between each position by kind of sliding back and forth uh, using some scale notes. You know, you can slide from pattern five into pattern one. And you can slide from pattern one into pattern two. Or you can slide back. If you start up in pattern two, you can slide back into pattern one, from pattern one down into pattern five. So a lot of riffing and jamming is based on playing these, these boxes, as I call them, and then just kind of sliding back and forth between them. for you right there and you uh, you can do this in other keys you know you don't have to be an A minor it, no matter what key you're in you can always focus on pattern one and then you can play a little bit of pattern five and a little bit of pattern two and like I said earlier sometimes in order to play well and in order to get things down and and be confident in your playing you kind of need to focus on some specific positions. Rather than trying to play all the patterns in their entirety covering the whole neck, that's just a little too much and it's not always necessary. So players usually find that they just do much better by focusing on less. Uh, I'm going to stay in the key of A minor and I'm going to move up to a couple different patterns in a different position because there is one more lead pattern, as I call it, that is used quite a bit. And this lead pattern would use a little bit of pentatonic pattern three and a little bit of pentatonic pattern four. So I'm in A minor pentatonic, and I'm gonna start pentatonic pattern three at the 10th fret of the sixth string. And I'm just gonna play the first uh, three strings, six, five, and four, because they make that box-shaped pattern that we guitar players like so much Right, the notes are separated by a whole step. And my root A is at the 12th fret on the fifth string. And I can play, uh, I've got the same intervals right here within reach, you know, a root, a minor third, a fourth. I can bend or slide into the fifth. And I've got the flat seven in there. I can also access some other notes here on the sixth string. And then if I was gonna continue and climb up higher in the scale, rather than sticking in pattern three, almost all guitar players would prefer to slide up into pattern four.
and they would play around the A at the 14th fret of string three. Now when you play around this A, you can still use a lot of those box shape licks that I've been using. However, the little box shape doesn't line up quite as nicely. If you know pentatonic pattern four, you know that when you go from string three to string two, you gotta move up a fret. So things are a little uh, broken up here, I guess, but this particular box shape is still used all the time by lead guitar players. And believe it or not, these two lead patterns that I just introduced to you, one that centers on pattern one with a little bit of pattern five and a little bit of pattern two, and then this new one, which uses a little bit of pattern three and slides up into pattern four, they are used probably 99% of the time by most guitar players who are riffers and jammers and use the pentatonic scale. So, you know, players like Eric Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Page, you know, a lot of the uh, classic rock guitar players that are known for their pentatonic licks and phrases will use these specific combinations of patterns most of the time, regardless of what key they're in. So for example, if you're in the key of E minor, you, uh, there are two positions that you are likely to play in. The first would be the one that centers around E minor pentatonic pattern one. You could start that at the 12th fret of the sixth string. That's where a lot of your, you know, pentatonic licks and phrases are. And then guitar players would add to that a little bit of pattern five, creating that little box shape. And they would duplicate those licks an octave higher in pattern one. Then they'd slide up into pattern two and duplicate that same box shape. Another position that uh, would be used is the combination of patterns three and four. So an E minor pentatonic, you can start pattern three at the fifth fret. Root E is actually at the seventh fret in the fifth string. Then you can jump up an octave and play off of E at the uh, ninth fret of the third string. Again, this particular box shape does not line up as nicely as the others, but it's still used all the time, and it's pretty simple to use it. You just make a little adjustment, the notes on the second string move up a fret. So those are the two basic lead patterns that are used most of the time. Now, in all these examples, I was using the pentatonic as a minor scale, but this works if you're using the pentatonic as a uh, major scale too, if you're using the major pentatonic. So I just left off, left off in the key of E minor. Well, that could also be the key of G major, right? Because E minor and G major 
are the same pentatonic patterns, uh, they're related, relative, major, and minor. The only difference is, is that if you're using the scale as a major pentatonic, you wouldn't be playing over a progression centering on E minor, you'd be playing over a progression that centers on G. And even though you use the same notes and the same uh, patterns, when you're playing in G major pentatonic, you want to focus on the G note. So the G becomes your um, root pitch or your tonic pitch. So uh, if I'm starting pentatonic pattern three at the fifth fret, the root G is at the fifth fret on string three. So that's how I'd play in the key of G major pentatonic. And you can use the same little box shape and you can even use the same bend. And here's how the intervals break down when you're using the pentatonic in its major form. I've got a root G at the fifth of the uh, fifth fret of the uh, fourth string, and then I've got a second A at the seventh fret of the fourth string. Then I can either slide into the third or bend into it. That's the same bend that I used in the minor. In the minor, the bend was the fourth to the fifth, but here in the major, the bend is the second to the third. Or if I go backwards in this pattern, I've got a root, a sixth, and a fifth, which completes the whole pentatonic scale, right? A root, a second, a third, and then you'd have a, uh, a fifth and a sixth. I can move up an octave. So I'm going from pattern three into pattern four. Now I've got G at the eighth fret of the second string. I just slid back. I'm going to move up now to pattern one, G major pentatonic. This would be the pattern that starts at the 12th fret. Remember, when you're in G major pentatonic, you can still play the E notes. They're still part of the scale. But you really want to focus on G, because it's now the tonic pitch in the scale. And uh, you can use a little bit of pattern 5. It comes before it. G would be at the 10th fret of the 5th string. go up an octave, play off of the G at the 12th fret and the 3rd string. You're in pattern 1 now. Then you can go up an octave again, play off of the G at the 15th fret and the 1st string. That's in pentatonic pattern 2. Whoops. So you got a little bit of pattern 5. You can slide into pattern 1. slide into pattern two. Let me go back to the first key that I started all of this in, A minor. Uh, A minor could also be C major, 
right? A minor and C major are relative major and minor. Same notes that make the A minor pentatonic scale also make the C major scale. And the only difference is when you're playing in C major, then you're gonna play over a chord progression that focuses on C major. And I can play around the C note at the third fret of the fifth string. That put, puts me in the position of pentatonic pattern five. Or I can go up an octave and play around the C note at the fifth fret on the third string. It puts me in pentatonic pattern one. Or I can go to the C at the eighth fret of the first string. This puts me in the position of pentatonic pattern two. Or if I want to use the pattern three and pattern four combination, I would play around C at the tenth fret of the fourth string. That puts me in the position of pentatonic pattern three. And I can slide up into pattern four. slid down into pattern three. And of course you can do this in other keys. I took you through C major and A minor and then uh, G major and E minor. But the nice thing about these so-called lead patterns is that regardless of what key you're playing in, whether you're in G minor or you know B flat or whatever, um, you can always play in these familiar boxes where you play around either the minor root and you can put a bend or a slide in there or you play around the major root with a bend or a slide in there, and you can jump from position to position uh, and duplicate licks. And then you can kind of fill in the space in between with some of the scale pattern. C major. Now I should probably point out that instead of just looking at these patterns as a scale, it's good to always visualize a reference chord. So when I'm playing in the key of C major, I'm not just looking at the patterns, I'm also visualizing a C major chord. Uh, a, an A form bar chord fits right into the same position as C major pentatonic pattern five. That would be your, your index finger on C at the third fret of the fifth string that you're playing like an A form bar chord. Or when I slide into pattern one, this would be like a G form bar chord for C. You're playing off of the um, you're playing a chord shape that has the root at the 8th fret of the 6th string. This is going back to the caged chord system that I taught in the first book and also my DVD on the same topic. So even though I may not actually 
physically fret and finger that whole chord shape. I'm at least visualizing it. And it just helps me connect the scale to the chord. So for example, if I'm playing over a chord progression and I just have the basic chords down and I'm like, okay, I wanna add some melody or I wanna add a riff or, or a solo, um, because I know how the patterns fit together with the chord shapes, I can pretty much be anywhere on the guitar neck just playing some basic chords and instantly jump into the scale. And I can do that because I've learned how to associate the two. Still in C major pentatonic here, if I slide up into pentatonic pattern two, that goes together with an E form bar chord. That would be C at the eighth fret on the sixth string, and you play a standard E form bar chord. So I'm kind of visualizing that shape as I'm in the scale. Now if I was playing in a minor pentatonic, um, which is the same notes and the same patterns that I just used for C major, I'm starting pentatonic pattern one at the fifth fret of the sixth string. Then I'll visualize an A minor chord. This would be a, a, an a minor bar chord with your index finger at the fifth fret of the sixth string. You play a standard. Technically that's an E form minor bar chord, but it's making an A minor there. So I'm always going to visualize that chord and think of the scale as playing around that chord. I slide up into pattern two, I can think about the next A minor chord shape, which actually looks like a D minor chord shape, like an open D minor, but you're moving it all the way up so that you got A at the 10th fret on string two. And if I was playing in pentatonics pattern three and four, I'm gonna think about an A minor chord in that position, which would be an A minor form bar chord with your first finger at the 12th fret on the fifth string. So I'm gonna associate the scale pattern with that I'm going to see myself as playing around that bar chord shape. Um, in addition to associating these patterns with some reference bar chords in each position, you can also incorporate some chromatic passing tones. So I played straight pentatonic in all these examples, straight minor and straight major, but you can always add in the so-called blues scale and you can, uh, you can even add in other chromatic passing tones. So for example, um, still playing an A minor pentatonic, going back to the first lead pattern, which uh, revolves around 
uh, A minor pentatonic pattern one, starting at the fifth fret. I can add in the flat fifth. next octave. Sometimes players will add in additional chromatic passing tones. That's fine. And you can do the same thing in the other lead pattern. I teach that as lead pattern two in the book. That would be using pentatonics pattern three and four. passing tones there too. And some players would add in additional chromatic passing tones, not just the flat fifth and the so-called blues scale, but maybe, you know. That's A minor pentatonic. You can do the same thing and C major pentatonic. There's a reference C chord just to get our ear uh, adjusted. And you play the same patterns and you play the same chromatic passing tones, although the interval structure of the scale changes. If we're counting C as the tonic, C is one, then the flat fifth in the blues scale actually becomes a minor third. the same thing in the next position too when you're using patterns three and four. Well this wraps up this free guitar lesson on lead patterns. So you have learned the most used parts of the pentatonic patterns that players combine and use for riffs and solos and bass lines. And as I mentioned earlier, Sometimes it's better to narrow your focus to a few key patterns rather than trying to cover the entire neck. Now, you don't have to stick in these lead patterns. You might find that there's other positions or patterns that work better for you, that you like, and that's fine. Uh, one of the nice things about playing the pentatonic scale patterns in their entirety and connecting them to cover the whole neck is that uh, you get introduced to all the patterns and all the areas that you can cover and if you practice those for a bit then you can settle on which positions and patterns you feel most comfortable with but just make sure that you that you focus on something narrow your focus to something so you can really work on developing your licks and your phrasing and your technique uh, you want to be careful of of constantly trying to play through all the patterns and cover the whole neck you know you're not really going to probably develop as a player very well doing that. And also, before I uh, say goodbye here, I want to explain that in my book, Fretboard Theory, Volume 2, that in some of the chapters that come after Chapter 6, I work with these same lead patterns, and I show you how you can mix them with other things. Because guitar players favor these lead, lead patterns so much that they'll use them even when playing something other than a pentatonic scale. So 
Uh, in some of the other chapters in the book, you learn how to combine the lead patterns with major scales, with modes, with harmonic minor scales, and even arpeggio patterns. And this is where you really open up your playing, especially if you're a serious lead guitar player. Um, you know, you don't just want to stick with pentatonic boxes and, and those kind of same old pentatonic licks. It'd be nice if you learn how to uh, incorporate some major, major scale runs while you're in those lead patterns. It'd be nice if you, you'd be able to play in different modes like Dorian mode or Mixolydian mode or, the nat, uh, uh, or maybe one of the other modes while you're still in those lead patterns. And also it'd be nice if you learn how arpeggio patterns can fit together with the lead patterns. Arpeggios are used to outline chords and chord progressions. So if you're you know, riffing and jamming in a pentatonic pattern, maybe it's uh, C major pentatonic, well, it's good to know where, your, where the root C is, but it's also good to know where the thirds of C are and the fifths of C are so that as you're playing through the patterns, you can kind of outline and emphasize the strong notes in the scale that are related to the chord. Or if you're playing over a chord progression, you know, C, F, G, or C, G, A minor, F, instead of just randomly playing up and down the scale without much regard to the chords, you can actually visualize chord shapes and use arpeggio patterns within the lead patterns to outline and emphasize the notes of each chord as they pass. And that'll really give your solos more direction and help tie what you play, uh, help tie the scale that you're playing and your licks and phrases into the chords. And I also talk about using the harmonic minor scale within the lead pattern. So I just wanted to explain some of the uh, places you can take these lead patterns to. Well, thanks for listening. As always, uh, there's more information on this topic in the book. So I've given you a bit of an overview here, and I've allowed you to um, hear some examples. But if you really want to see these patterns mapped out on the fretboard, and you want to see the interval structure, and you want some more information and some more song references and uh, that sort of thing, then uh, I suggest you read the full chapter six in the book. This concludes today's episode. Please rate this podcast and leave a positive review. Be sure to join my email list at guitarmusictheory.com in order to receive free guitar lessons and learn more about my instructional books and videos. Once subscribed, you're welcome to reply to any message with questions, and I'll get right back to you. Once again, the website is guitarmusictheory.com, and I'm Desi Serna. Keep listening, and let me know if you need any help.